Welcome everyone to the Ohave Torah Daf Yom Ishur. Today's Shiur is Daf Samach Dalet. We will begin on Daf Samach Gimel Amur Bet. We are about um, nine lines in the bottom. Hahumavua, there was a Mavui, the Havadayabe Lachman. That a guy called Lachman lived in this Mavui. Okay. Bar Ristak, Ristak, his father's name was Ristak. Amuleh, so the Jews told this fellow, oh, being that they're in the same Mavui as him, and they want to carry to the Chatzir on Shabbat. They said, Orgelan Rishutchach. And they said, please do us a favor, please rent us your permission to use the Mavui. This way we'll be able to carry. Lo ogerle, he wouldn't do it. Atu amul. Then they told him la abaya. They told abaya amule. Zilu bitlu shdayel gabechad. So abaya had a plan. He says the reason why you guys need a mavu need a uh, to buy the reshut of this guy is because you are in the same mavui as other Jews, and that's what causes you to need a need a eruv. Had you guys been one person alone, you wouldn't need an Eruv. And therefore, what you need to do is, you need to have everyone, you need to have everyone, Mavatel, uh, they shoot to each other. And by being Mavatel, they will shoot to each other, they will cause that... There's only one person living there because we're nullifying our reshoot that day. And therefore, everything will be fine. So, so if they all b'matel the reshoot to one person, it'll be fine. That will be one person alone with a goy. And one person alone with a goy is not a problem. So they told Abayah, What are you talking about? How could you allow such a trick that everyone's going to go and whenever you have a goy who doesn't want to rent, you're going to cause the people to shoot to each other? You've nullified the whole reason for the takana. The reason for the takana, why we're not allowed to be with a goy, is because we're worried that the, go- that the Jew shouldn't be living with the goy and learning from his actions. If it's so easy to tell the shoot to one Jew, then everyone will just do that. And they'll end up living with the goyim. So how is it going to help? They're going to all live there. Amalahu, so Abai told him, He says, usually people do not want to lose their shoot for another person. And since it's an uncommon thing, the rabbis made a gizirah that you can't live with a goy. Because the rabbis are worried you might live with him. But they only made a gizirah in common cases. The fact that everyone's about to tell the truth is uncommon. And therefore, in an uncommon case, it's okay to live with a goy. The rabbis didn't make a, didn't make a gizirah in that case. Azar of Huna braid Rabbi Yeshua, Amr l'shmaite kameh de lava. So Huna braid Yeshua told Rava, what, what Abaya had said, Amaleh, so Rava told him, we're on the top of Samach Talad, Im ken, bitalta Torah eruv me'oto mavui. 
If so, you got rid of the whole idea of Eruv from that Mavui. They'll never make a, a, a Eruv in that Mavui. And they'll forget that there was such a thing altogether. You're going to ruin things like that with you, if you follow this reason of Abayah. So he said, they answer him, Dima Arvi. Rabba says, let them, besides for the bitul, when they vatel the shoot to the other person, why don't we let them also make it eruv? This way, there'll be an eruv, and no one will forget the eruv. So Rabba says, no, that's no good. Yomru eruv mo'il makom nochni. If you tell them to make eruv, they're going to think that eruv works when there's a goy. Says the Gemara. Dimachazinan. So well, why don't we publicize it? We'll make an announcement saying, really, eruv does not work with the goy. In this case, we're just making the Eruv in order that no one thinks that you could carry in a, in a place that Eruv, says the Gemara. You can make a, a, public, a, a public announcement for the adults, but the kids, they'll always remember that they were in a place with the Goy and they had an Eruv. And they'll think that you can make Eruv in a place with the Goy. El Amarav, rather, Rabbi has another way. He has another way out of the problem. What's he going to do? He's going to say, Send one Jew to talk to the Goy. Borrow something from him. Leave something of yours by him. Get friendly with the guy. If so, if he's lending something to him or he's leaving his stuff in the Goy's house, he becomes like a renter. He rented from the Goy. The rule is, you don't have to get the... You don't have to get just the Goy. You could get this Jew, the Jew who was leave, who got friendly with the, joy, the Goy, to give... Uh, bread into the Eruv, it'll be in place of the Goy, and therefore that house gave the Eruv, because this Jew is part of that household. We're going to get the Jew to be part of the household, and by doing that, every house will be given in the Eruv, even the Goy, through this uh, friendly Jew that he has. So that's a leniency that we found that would enable us to to carry even with this goy who's not following the rules so well. We're asking a question now. Let's say the goy has in his house five different guys who are renting from him. Or five different guys who are in a separate house. What's the halakha according to these guys? Do they have to contribute to the roof? Let's say the Goy agrees to be, be bought out. Or, the Goy doesn't. Do we need to go to all five of them? Or do we say we just have to go to one of them and you don't have to go to all five of them? Meaning, if there's five guys leaving stuff in this guy's house or living there, do we have to worry about that? Says the Gemara. No. Meaning, the Rabbi said, we only said this halakha to be lenient on you, to let this guy who has the goy who's not following, uh, doesn't is not buying in, will get this goy. No problem. We'll get the goy out of the way. 
by having the Jew who's friendly with him leave a toothpick in his house or leave a screwdriver in his house and therefore he'll be giving to the roof instead of the goy. But we didn't say that every single guy who leaves a screwdriver has to contribute to the roof. If you have another guy who lives somewhere else and he has a screwdriver in this guy's house, we don't have to go to him to collect the roof. We're saying this to be lenient on you, not to be strict on you that you have to make sure that the guy doesn't store any Jews' screwdrivers in your house. And if, you, if they do, you have to go collect money for them. No, we're being lenient, not strict. Says the Gemara, Gufa. We're going to isolate and analyze the previously mentioned statement. Says the Gemara Gufa. Well, I say and analyze previously mentioned statement. You don't need to go himself to give to give his eruv or to go to be You could get a Jewish guy to give something to him or to lend something to him, not give to lend something to him or to leave something by him, and that's enough. How beautiful is this statement of the rabbis. Hudabashmul also says that if a person drinks a eat of wine, you should not make a halachic ruling afterwards. Once you have three ounces of wine, you can't make a halachic ruling. Amr of Nachman. This is not a beautiful statement. Because I, every time I don't drink or eat of wine, I don't have a clear head. It takes at least three ounces of wine for me to have a clear head. So Rav Nachman did not like the statement of Yehuda Mashmul. Amalei Rava, so Rava told Rav Nachman, my time at Amamar Hachi, why did the rabbi speak like this and say, I like this one, I don't like that one? What's the pasuk that says in Mishleh, one who sees a, a zona will lose a lot. What does it mean, zona? Normally, you would mean, normally it would mean a, a lady with a bad reputation. But here, what it means is the following. If you say this one's good, and this one's no good. You're losing the respect of the Torah. When you give your own opinion about which one's good and which one's not good, you're disrespecting the Torah as if you are a manda amar of what's good and what's not good. Rav Nachman told Rava, Hadri B, I backed out of my statement. You're right, I'm backing out. Amar Rabba now, once we mention the statement, we, we're talking about a guy who drank. Shatu, you guy who drank, al yitpalel should not pray. And if he prays, tifilato, tifilah. His tifilah still counts as a tifilah. Shikod, if the guy is drunk, al yitpalel shouldn't pray. But if he prays when he's drunk, more than just uh, when he's absolutely intoxicated, then tifilato toeva, his prayer is an abomination. What's called after you drank and what's called intoxicated? 
that Rabbi Abba bar Shmuel, Rabbi Menashe bar Yimya, megifti. Havikamafteri mehadadi. They were saying goodbye to each other. Amaabra denarayupti. At the crossroads of this river. Amru, they said, Kolchad minan, each one of us, Lema milta de los should say a halachic statement that the others have not heard. Why? A person should always say goodbye to his friend with the halacha. With the reason, because this way you always remember your friend. If you want to say goodbye, part of the reason why you're saying goodbye is that your friend should, it should make a good impression on your friend. There's nothing that makes a stronger impression than a halacha that you remember in his name. People always remember who taught them this or who taught them that. Says the Gemara. Patach v'chad ve'amar. One of them got up and he said, Hechi dami shatui ve'hechi dami shikor. What's called, uh, for someone who drank a little, and what's called a drunk? Shatui kol shiachol de'ber v'nei ha'melech. If you drank a little... If you're able, that's called if you're able to talk in front of the king. Right? And she called, if you're drunk, if you can't talk in front of the king, then you're drunk. The other one got up and he said, A guy, if you have a ger who dies, and he leaves over property, and another guy takes it. So now, people look at this guy and they start getting jealous of him because... He did nothing, and all of a sudden, he ends up with a lot of property. Now, really, it's all men of but people get jealous, and they give you ayin hara. What should you do to avoid ayin hara? How could you do something that no one puts ayin hara, that you lose the stuff? Buy a sefer Torah with the money. This way, you do a mitzvah, it protects you. Amr Shashat. Shashat says another idea. Afilu ba'al even if you have a guy who gets married and his wife was wealthy, and people see that he now came into wealth because he could use some of his wife's money while they're married, called Nechse Meluk, even a guy like that should buy a Sefer Torah to protect an Ayin Hara on him. Even if the guy did a business deal and he made money, it's a good idea. People know that you made money. It's a good idea to make, do a Maswah like that, and you will not get Ayn Hara. Even if a person found the lost object, he also should do it. You don't have to buy a whole Sefer Torah. He's is saying that it's enough to buy Tefillin with it, even though it's something you're using. It still, it protects you from Ayn Hara because you're doing a mitzvah with it. It's not so much that people are happy that you help them with the Sefer Torah. Even if you help yourself with just a with just a filin, that's sufficient to protect you from Ayin Hara. It's heavenly thing. What's the pasuk that shows you this? It says, The Jews made a promise to Hashem that if they able to conquer the Midianim, they were going to give. They're going to destroy the cities. So you see that by making a neder to give something to Hashem, it can protect you in general situations. Amar Rabbi Bar Hama. Amar Rabbi Bar 
דרך מיל ושינה, כלשהו, מפנין את היין. Which means that if a person walks at least a meal, 18 minutes, or שינה כלשהו, sleeping a little bit, gets rid of the wine. The effects of the wine, and then you're able to pray. Amar of Nachman, Amar of Abarua. We only said that it gets rid of it. That's if you ate exactly three ounces. But if you drank, you eat more than three ounces. Walking will mix you up, and sleeping will make you even more drunk. So if you drink more than if you eat, this, this rule, this help, this uh, idea won't help you. You want to tell me that if you walk a meal, it gets rid of the wine? I'll show you it doesn't from the Brayta. Hatanya, was walking on, was riding on a donkey. He was going from Akul to Ksiv. was walking after the donkey. They found these loaves of bread, but they're on the road. And he told him, Eli, Go pick up the glucosamine from the road. They found the goy. Amaloi told him. Mavgai told the, the goy, Hey, Mr. Mavgai. Go take these rolls from Eli. Eli came close to him. Amalo, so, so the goy told him back. Where you from? Amalo, the goy says, I'm from Burganim. Umashmech, he says, what's your name? He's Magbai Shmi, my name is Magbai. Klum, Kircha, Rabban Gamliel, Meolam. So Rabbi Eli asked him, did you ever meet Rabban Gamliel before? Amalolo, he said, I never met him before. Be'otash al-Amadnu, she'kevan Rabban Gamliel, Beruach HaKodesh. We learn from here that Rabban Gamliel used Ruach HaKodesh to know the name of this fellow. We learned three things from this story. You can't pass by and see bread on the floor. It's it's aib. You have to pick it up. Next, what else we learned? We follow most people on the road. We assume that most of the people, are, if most of the people who go down the road are Jews, we can assume that the bread was Jewish bread. And if most people are goyim, then we assume it's goyim bread. And therefore, since this was a place where most of them are goyim, that's why Bangalore told him to give, it to give the bread to this fellow and not to use it himself. And last, we learned, that the goy, the chametz of a goy, after Pesach, you're allowed to have hana from, even though the goy owned it on Pesach. So it says, when they got to Chzif, one guy came to Rabban Gamliel and he wanted to get rid of a ned that he had made without thinking before he made it. Amar, he said the guy with him, Did we drink a, a, a riviit of Italian wine? He said, Yes, we did. So he told him, 
let this guy follow us until our wine goes off it so we can get rid of his nedir. He followed him for a while. For three meals. Until he came to the Sulma Shel Tzur. He came to the, the, the incline to go up to Tzur. When he got there, he took one of the donkey, he, got, he wrapped himself in his toilet, he sat down, and he was for the guy who wanted to get rid of the neder. We learned a bunch of things on that day. Number one, we learned that a quarter or if we eat of, of a quarter of a lug, three ounces of wine of Italki makes you drunk. Number two, we learned that a drunk person can't rule. And we learned that walking gets rid of wine because they walk through your meal. You can't get rid of a neder when you're on a donkey because he got off the donkey. Not while he's walking. Not standing. You have to be sitting. Now, what do we bring this whole story for? Not to teach us all these extra things. But they walk three meal. Shut. So how can you say that walking one meal is enough looks like it was three meal? Says no. Shani Yaina Italki When you get Italian wine, it's high quality. And high quality wine takes longer to get off. If you drink more than a Vit, it gets worse. And therefore, Therefore, if you're, since this guy drank wa- Italian wine, walking should make it worse. Says no, Rochev uh, Shani. Riding is different. Since you're not working hard, that's why you have to, uh, that's why it gets rid of it, right? It doesn't mess you up. It seems like when, you walk, when you're walking while you're drunk, it gets it gets you more mixed up, but if you're riding, it just takes away the wine. Says Don't ask a question that we asked before on Rami Bar Abba. How can you say right? Why did he walk three meals? We could just say We said when you go on the on a on a donkey, you need more than one meal. We don't have to say that it was Italian wine. We could just say. That when you're walking, you need more. Any, is that true that you have to sit down to get rid of an edit in the story? That's one of the things we learned from the story that you have to sit down. You're allowed to be riding, you're allowed to be walking, and you're allowed to be standing when you do it. So, how can you say that you have to sit? Why do Rabbanil get off? Now, Rav Nachman is not a Tana, and Rav Gamliel is. So, we're going to have to bring a Tana to support Rav Nachman that you're allowed to do it walking. There's a question how can you get rid of a neder that a guy made? Let's say a guy makes a neder, he's, not eat, he's, not, he's never going to eat a tomato. Then he regrets and he wants to get rid of it. He goes to the rabbi. Some rabbis hold that you have to start with chalata, which means 
You have to get the guy to admit that he would never have made this neder had he known. Meaning, if I would have known I would marry a girl whose uh, a father has a tomato factory, I would never have made this neder. So if you get the guy to say that, say something, if I would have known that this would have happened, I wouldn't have made it, that's when you can buy the neder. Now, if you do that, then you need to sit because it takes thought and process. If you hold it, a rabbi could just decide on his own to get rid of the nether without uh, getting the guy to have chalata. Then that you could do that standing even without sitting. What was the way Rabban Gamliel got rid of this guy's nether? So the Pasuk says, uh, Anyone who makes a neder, he really should be, should be uh, poked by the sword. But the Lashon of the rabbis could cure it. And therefore it sounds like that if he would known, he wouldn't have done it. Amamor, we learned, we said, you're not allowed to pass by food on the floor. This was in the olden days. Because those days, Jewish girls would never use magic. Nowadays, in the, I guess in the time of the Gemara, where Jewish girls would do, would do magic, and you were worried that if you pick up this... Um, Loaf of bread, there might be some spell attached to it. Ma'avim, you're allowed to pass by and ignore it. Tana, shelimim ma'avim, pitochim en ma'avim. Since they don't do magic on broken breads, you're not allowed to pass by, but you, you can pass by a full loaf of bread because it's more likely that they would do magic on a full loaf of bread. Amalei Rav Asi, Rav Asi, Rav Asi, Rav Asi, Rav Asi, the following. You want to tell me that they don't do magic on broken ones? In fact, he doesn't say. It says in the Pasuk that the Navi is telling the Jews that they make a Chilu Hashem by doing Kishafim on broken breads. So the verse says, no, that's different. Hatam Shakli Ba'agrayu. Over there, uh, they used to pay them to do the kishafim to fool the Jews. And therefore, when they paid them, they would do it on that. But in general, they don't do it on broken stuff. I'm sorry, what it means is that they would, for the price of a broken lechem, they're willing to go against the Torah's law and um, do, do um, magic. Meaning the, the broken loaves were not what they did the magic on, but rather was the payment for doing magic. And with, with the Navi is telling him, look, you're even willing to take a broken loaf. That's how quickly you're willing to go against the Torah and do magic. Amar of Shishat, Mishumar ben Azariah. Shishat's his name, Mishumar ben Azariah. Actually, this will leave for tomorrow. Baruch Adonai, the Olam, Amen, Amen. We're on the bottom line of the Samach Tal